Welcome to Discovering You, a podcast that explores the intricacies of personality and how it impacts the way we navigate through life. What will you discover today? Hi, listeners. Hi, Heather. Hi. On the last episode, I deconstructed the D, dominance, in DISC. Today, I'm going to illuminate the I, influence. A lot of us are familiar with the term influencer these days, specifically on social media. But what does it mean to be high in influence in your DISC profile? Or if you're not high in I, does that mean you can't be influential? We're going to explore that. Before we do, though, it's time for our monthly DISC analogy. As the holidays are around the corner, tis the season for DISC according to Christmas. For high Ds, it's the Grinch. Now, I would say don't be offended, high Ds, but the truth is, you rarely are. Let me explain why, though, and it's probably not what you're thinking. Sure, the Grinch is very direct and assertive. But as the story goes on, we learn that there is a lot of feeling underneath that gruff exterior, and it turns out his bark is worse than his bite. The same can be said for you, Heidi's. The symbol I've chosen for high eyes is the star that sits atop the Christmas tree. It's shiny, attention-getting, and represents joy and celebration. High S is Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa's a great listener. Think of all the wish lists he hears when children come to visit him. And his role in life is one of service to others. For High C, the Christmas connection is Advent calendars. They are structured and scheduled with treats metered out for each day. This is my favorite part of the entire podcast. Aw, well, that's good. (laughs) I have fun with it. Okay, back to today's topic. People who are high in I the influence factor. They're amiable, optimistic, gregarious, talkative. They're drawn to connecting with people, so you will find them in careers like sales, where interacting with people is the main focus of the job. They have charisma and charm, so they also do well in roles where they can inspire and motivate others. Famous examples of people high and I are Oprah, George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Barack Obama. High eyes tend to be fashionable and stylish, and they are all about feelings. Now, based on this very brief description, listeners, do you think you've got some eye in your profile? Here's a quick way to get an idea. I'm going to read out five questions that appear on a DISC questionnaire, and then I'll let you know which answers line up with having a high level of influence in your profile. For each question, you are going to select the word that is most like you and the one that is least like you. It isn't always easy to choose, but just go with your first inclination and don't overanalyze it. Here we go. Number one, sociable, patient, independent, soft-spoken. I'll read them again and give you a minute to choose. Sociable, patient, independent, soft-spoken. Remember, we're going for which one most describes you and which one least describes you. If you chose sociable for most like you and patient for least like you, that lines up with high eye. Number two, happy, precise, courageous, even-tempered. If you picked happy as most and precise as least, that sounds a lot like I. Number three, 
talkative, controlled, conventional, decisive. If you selected talkative for most and controlled for least, that aligns with high influence. Number four, well-disciplined, generous, lively, persistent. Lively is most like high eyes and well-disciplined is least like them. Number five, open-minded, obliging, willpower, cheerful. Okay, Heather, I'm going to throw this one to you. I did this to you on the last episode. Do you want to try to figure out which is most like high eye and which is least like high eye? I'll read them again. Open-minded, obliging, willpower, cheerful. Sure, I'd love to give it a go. I think most like a high eye is cheerful. And I think least like a high eye is willpower. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm curious, was that just from your knowledge of high eye? Or I know that obviously you've done a full disc and you've answered this for yourself. So was it a little bit of personal relation to it? Uh, yeah. So I was answering the questions as we were going. And we've talked about this before, but I'm a very low eye in my mm -hmm. disc profile. So it was easy for me to pick the opposite of what I would pick. Hmm. I picked most like a high eye would be least like <laughs> for myself. So you just reversed your own natural. I did. Yeah. I reversed it. And to be honest, I was five out of five right on that. Mm. All right. That not being part of my profile, I like to get the answers right. <laughs> I'm very low on the influence scale. Which, okay, and I'm going to get to this because that's part of the thing I said at the beginning. Like, does that mean you can't be influential if you don't have a high eye? So we will get to that. But I do want to say that having this factor as, quote, low isn't bad. There's all kinds of great things with having a, a low eye. High doesn't mean positive and low doesn't mean negative. As I did with D last month, I'm going to illuminate the facets of I through several categories, beginning with preferred style of communication. This differs greatly from high Ds, who prefer to be direct and to the point. High I's communication style is friendly and verbal. They enjoy chatting, and honestly, it's almost a prerequisite <laughs> before they get to business or tackle an issue. What motivates them? You may remember that with D, it was tangible goals. Not so with eyes. It's recognition. Now I have to elaborate on this because this is often misconstrued. Recognition does not solely focus on getting a shiny trophy or name on a certificate, but rather knowing that the other person in an interaction recognizes them for who they are and what they're doing. I can't remember what I was watching, but I notice more often in movies or TV shows recently, you'll have one character acknowledging what the other has been through or what they've done, and they'll say, I see you. This reflects the recognition I'm talking about. What are the fears of high eye? Rejection. And you can see how this correlates directly to their motivator of recognition, right? What is so lovely about high eyes is that they wear their heart on their sleeve. They really put themselves out there and readily express their feelings and emotions. Now, imagine how they feel when that does not come back to them. It's hard to be vulnerable, and it feels like a door is slammed shut in your face. High eyes tend to take things very personally and can be quite sensitive. But 
as I always tell eyes, please don't overthink this. Way more often than not, it's the other person's profile that you're seeing in action, and it's really not about you. Maybe you've gone in for the hug. Eyes are huggers. And you see or feel the other person stiffen or recoil. Not everyone is comfortable doing that. Often high sees. And you can see how it's not about you, but about their preference. I have friends who are high eyes and mm. I'm a such a low eye mm-hmm. that it's like I have a bubble around me. <laughs> and people who know me don't even bother trying to hug me. <laughs> I'll go out for dinner or lunch with a friend and she'll be like antsy, like she's mm. going to give me a hug whether I like it or not. And I'm right. like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> it happens all the time. That's so funny. How do high eyes react to conflict? Here's another big departure from high Ds who thrive in conflict. High eyes, not so much. They want to be liked and they seek harmony, so they prefer to avoid conflict if possible. If you're in a situation where you have to give less than positive feedback to a high eye, remember that they take things personally and they have a hard time separating your feelings about a mistake they may have made from how you feel about them as a person. Their pace is quick and they are energetic and like to be on the go. And they ask who questions. For instance, who should I talk to about this? Or who's going to be at the party? Eyes are all about people, so who is a vital question for them. You'll notice this in correspondence or conversation with them. Another thing that shows up is their tendency to use emotive words, such as, I really feel that we should go there, or I love your outfit. To make a strong connection with someone high in influence, especially if you are managing them at work. Here are some tips to prepare your approach. Know what they expect and want. They like to have a friendly rapport with their manager where they can talk openly and socially. They like to work on projects that involve people rather than processes. You'll want to focus on the relationship and providing them with recognition. Remember, they want to be seen. You will want to use questions like, who do you want to be involved? How do you feel about this? How can I ensure your efforts are noticed? In order to gain commitment, be enthusiastic. Highlight the people who are involved and the recognition that will be received. Ask how they are feeling. Now, like I did with D, I'm going to point out the many positive attributes associated with high eye, as well as the challenges. Their strengths are instinctive communicators, influential and inspiring great motivators, positive attitude, persuasive, strong people skills, enthusiastic. I always joke that eyes, honestly, you get the best words. But as with all the factors, there are also challenges. And for I, they are acting impulsively, attention to detail, talking more than listening, exercising control over actions, words, and emotions, slowing down your pace for other team members, following through on tasks. Something to point out here, eyes are often credited with being the best communicators. And while it's true that they love to talk and interact, sometimes they can overtalk, overshare, you know, TMI. And in doing so, they may miss some signals that the other person is trying to jump in and say something too. This is mostly subconscious, but the other person may not realize that and may think the high eye is uninterested in them. Why am I saying this? This brings me to the exercise that I run in coaching. And I gave an example of it with high D's last time. It's looking at your profile 
and imagining how someone with a contrary profile may interpret what they're seeing from you. Remember, the other person can't read our minds, so they can only guess at what we may be thinking. And how do most of us do this? By imagining what we would be thinking if we were acting that way. Let's do a word flip where we look at how behaviors can be interpreted less positively coming from a different viewpoint. We'll start with spontaneity. Yes, high eyes are spontaneous. And I would say that the feelings this word conjures up are pleasant. But another way to describe this behavior is by using the word impulsive. In essence, the words indicate the same thing, but impulsive definitely has a different connotation than spontaneous, doesn't it? I definitely think that impulsive has a more negative connotation than spontaneity. The opposite disc style to high I is high C, which is analytical and cautious, and therefore the furthest away from being spontaneous. So in their eyes, they see impulsivity, which to them isn't ideal. Let's look at a few more words. Positivity. You may be thinking, how could that possibly be interpreted as a bad thing? Well, it actually can be, as some people see positivity as naivete. As a high C, I have friends who are positive all the time. It doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. It can't be possible that they're that positive. <laughs> but that's my lens, right, on it. It's not that they're, that's the truth. Oh, absolutely. Then that's what this is all about. This is what we're talking about. It's the lens. It's only the truth if that's what you're seeing in your eyes. This is why we do this is how might other people be seeing me? And it doesn't mean that that is the actual truth. It's just that's their perception of it. Yeah. And to the point where with naivete is that they might even say things like, you're gullible or you're really going to get taken advantage of. That's really the opposite. And so high eyes are genuinely shocked when they hear that. They think, oh, and I mean, sometimes it can happen. But this is why, you know, I'll joke often that I wish I had a higher eye because having that optimistic, positive outlook is very refreshing. And I think it's good for you. I think overall, it's probably they're probably happier. I agree with that. Okay. For the word talkative, an alternate lens could see it as self-absorbed. And finally, persuasive may be regarded as disingenuous. The gift of knowing these alternate perceptions provides you with the ability to modify your approach to ensure you aren't being misunderstood. And this truly is a game changer. Something that I often get asked and I want to clarify is that you don't have to have a high eye to be influential. After hearing all about the characteristics of eye, you can see why they're called influencers. But there are other ways to be influential. If you are someone who is higher in S, let's say, And as a listener and supporter, you're the one that people go to when they seek advice or want to bounce off some ideas. By being in this role as a mentor, you are influencing people, but in a less obvious and more gentle way. We were fortunate enough to have a listener submit a question through the website. So we have an audio clip to follow here. Hey, Victoria, it's Scott with OTBX. Quick question for you. What do you do in the case where you are needing to work with your complete opposite. Any suggestions for working with an opposite personality type? Would love your feedback. Let me know. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Scott. And this topic comes up so often. Here are my thoughts, and this is something that I continually have to remind myself to do. Strive to approach differences with curiosity, not judgment. Instead of assuming you know why your opposite is agreeing with you, take more of an observational approach like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder why they would be thinking or feeling or acting that way. Is this easier said than done? Oh, yeah. 
But this is where using a tool like DISC is so valuable. Anytime we can depersonalize an issue, especially at work, it's going to help break down barriers and open doors to communication. For instance, here's the scenario. Instead of thinking, my colleague is so nitpicky about everything I do, they're always assuming I'm going to make mistakes. Take a step back and genuinely wonder, well, like, why is that? For the sake of this example, let's say the colleague has a high C in their profile. This usually shows up at work as someone who is extremely detail-oriented, very careful, and fears making mistakes. Knowing this about your colleague reframes the situation a bit, doesn't it? You realize it's less about what you're doing and more about what their work style prioritizes. Of course, it goes both ways. If they understand that you are a high eye and full of creativity, inspiration, and out-of-the-box thinking, they'll have a better grasp on why the, quote, little things aren't as important to you. You know what, though? The two of you working together are the whole package. Sure, there can be bumps in the road from trying to see the other's perspective, but collectively, you'll catch the little things and the big things and achieve a successful result. There's a reason that most people are married to their opposite. It keeps things interesting, and together, you make a formidable team. Thanks, Scott. If you're interested in connecting with Victoria for team building, strategic onboarding, coaching, or a speaking engagement, you can contact her at discoverwhatworks at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Remember, send in your questions to be featured on a future episode and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app.